playing back for 35-year-old Arthur Beetson to wear a maroon jersey. Venegeta close, close cutting back the other way, catches the defence on the wrong foot, he's broken through, he's coming up to Edie, gets away from Edie, he's over underneath! Well, welcome back to Origin of the Series and welcome back, Jeff. Thank you, Stephen. Nice to be here. This is what is what episode is this? Episode four. We are episode six. Episode six. Welcome everybody. Thanks for popping in. Um, and once again, welcome to our uh, international fan base. Yeah, well look while while you're while you're introducing uh, yourself back, I'm just gonna have a quick shifty at um, ooh, well. Had quite a few new, few people joining us. Let's have a look. Where are they from? Um, huh. We now have uh, people listening to us from Germany. Ah, Germania. Excellent. Ger- Welcome. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Isn't, That's isn't great. that cool? Yeah. The States, cool. UK, Australia, and Ireland. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Very good. You're yeah. All well. Welcome. You're all welcome. Now, speaking speaking of where people are and around the world, I worked out, and you might correct me, Stephen, I was just having a think about things, and I mm. reckon we started this podcast around the same time that we met in 1973, 50 years ago. Would that be right? Well, we didn't start the podcast in 1973. No, because they hadn't been invented yet. 74. Um, yeah, the start of 74. So I would have thought it would be 74 we met. Okay, might have been a bit later. Maybe that was the time I came to came to Brisbane in 73. 73 was the floods, right? 74. 70, they're called 74 floods. So they were around, they were around oh. January 74, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we went to... So our school was being built... When when I'm so I I lived in the um, in the northern suburbs before that, and when we moved over, um, uh, was that, that at the time the school was being built, and then the floods came along and that delayed the school being built and the school That's actually right. got that flooded that the, the, the they started off with two rooms in the school maybe one yeah I mean, it was it wasn't big and. Um, we were delayed starting there, so we all went to um, the primary school in Jindalee for, for several That's weeks. Right. Anyway, a That's couple right. of months, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and then we moved over. We're about fifteen of us. <laughs> it wasn't many. It was about fifteen, uh, and, and and there was, um, yeah, there were even a couple in grades six or seven that they decided that was wasn't they couldn't support them so they moved back to a bigger a bigger school so oh was that right i didn't know that yeah, so, yeah, so we started there in grade five yeah and um, my brother and your sister were in grade six and there are a few in grade seven and they decided they didn't have the resources and so i think they went back to jindalee which is where we were where we were temporarily right so okay so i got my math wrong but that's nearly yeah it's like so that's a it's a long it's a long, it's a long time, time ago, but, and um, but, but I, I guess for those listening, we're talking about where people are. And we touched on this last episode, but Steve's actually in Dublin, Ireland, and has been there for thirty-two many, years. Thirty-two years. Well, off and, and on um, for for thirty-two years. That's right. I'm in I'm in Brisbane, 
And I and I guess I guess the thing that I was that, that made me think about that is you really don't follow NRL closely anymore, but you certainly haven't no. lost touch with um with Origin. And I know a lot of people like that because it feels like it's kind of a different thing. You, you, yeah, that people don't lose their passion for Origin. Um, NRL comes and goes, and things you know it just ebbs and flows yeah. a lot. Well, my my uh, my following of the NRL is tempered by a couple of things. First, um, just the the time of day. <laughs> I know that's that's pretty pretty uh, lowbrow of me, but the time of day really makes it difficult to um, to watch games live. Um, but also, uh, and we'll probably come to this as we go through uh, the years. I, the the rule changes in rugby league have changed the game so very drastically um, that it, it it really isn't the game that I grew up loving. Um, and whilst I, I still love rugby league, no no question about it, it's not as good in my opinion. And um, I would really like the the administrators to have a good look at where they have taken the game and uh, and what the future is because it's. I mean, it, it just for for example, it is ludicrously fast now. Um, mm. Just um, and 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 it has changed the the required body shape of everyone. So you now tend to have thirteen guys that look exactly the same as each other, all running at top speed into each other and sprinting back twenty yards and then uh, sprinting up yeah. again. And again. that yeah. that that sort of it's not it's not the not the game that I sort of um, grew up loving, but uh, but yeah, I, I still follow the game, but just not on a on a daily basis anymore. Yeah, um, and so yeah, so I guess uh, you're in you're in Dublin. I'm in mm. I'm in Brisbane. We're still um, you know nearly coming up for fifty years of of um, of of friendship, and this is um, this and is we're the way still- for us. To, to Still, keep but, you able to talk crap nonstop, like <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. And for any for anyone uh, listening that wonders, is this the only way we get together? It's not. We still talk crap on a daily basis and text crap on a yeah. on an hourly basis <laughs> through the day. Yeah. So yeah, this is yeah. Well, this is fun. It's um. This is not our it's exclusive just, meeting place. <laughs> no, it's a, just an extension of our of yes. our crapness. Yes. Yeah. Right, um, so 1982. Yeah, the 1982 Tuesday again, 22nd of June, 1982. I've officially resigned from this Wednesday club thing that I had going on. Um, I've looked ahead. I peeked ahead into 83. All three games were on Tuesday, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I made that up clearly. And um, you know what? I do think it might have been something to do with the Amco Cup being on Wednesdays because you know a lot of these guys. That's what was Rod Morris's ninth, ninth game in you know eleven days. Kind of stuff, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I think that may have had something to do with the programming, but um, maybe. But, but anyway. no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that that is um, no doubt where it uh, where it comes from. Um, so Tuesday, twenty second of June, nineteen eighty two. I can tell you that it, in Sydney it was ten degrees. And fine and mild in the city. Um, clear, not a drop of rain. Um, Rexy thought that was absolutely freezing. Probably had a nice one of those sheepy Parker things on. 
That's right, yeah. I don't know what you call those, Sheepy Parker. That's it, yeah, that's like what that. they had in the, the Kmart brochure anyway. So. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was all good, but I'm much more interested in finding out what else was going on in 1982. Okay, here's a few things. I'll start with music um, that's one of our things. So this officially, according to the charts, best Aussie albums of 1982, mm-hmm. uh, Primitive Man, Ice House, mm-hmm. Spirit of Place, Goanna, Shabu mm-hmm. Shabar in excess, Circus Animals, Cold Chisel, and I think number one, I think this is in order, 10987654321, Midnight Oil. Mm-hmm. Um, honourable mention, wouldn't have charted, but honourable mention to Junkyard by Birthday Party. So that was that kind of stuff was start beginning. Uh, Hoodoo yeah. Gurus, mm. Hoodoo Gurus, um, they just changed from the Hoodoo Gurus. They appeared on the Don Lane show, as you do, and also Simon Townsend's Wonderworld. So eighty two, <laughs> this is pre pre their breakout album, pre Stone Age Romeos, which was nineteen eighty three. So they're starting yeah. to they're starting to get some attention when you get on blockbuster <laughs> television like that. Um, yeah. It's a funny time for Australian music. It was, I, I sort of look back on this as, uh, you, I think he used the word breakout for Hidagurus. This was sort of the breakout time for, for Oz Rock where um, it was no longer just one or two bands, you know, plowing a pretty lonely furrow, you know, the ACDC and, and um, Air Supply. <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of international Metal success. Work. Has Metal Work happened yet? Probably, I don't know. Uh, well, that was 83. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they busted because 83 was yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now now you have all these bands that, that would become internationally sort of uh, successful um, or at least <laughs> internationally known. Um, well, you know, in excess of became major. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not oil, particularly on the US college scene, but they, they became mm. internationally um uh, well known, and even when you're speaking of Stone Hoodoo um, Gurus, they're still hugely respected. Not so pretty kind of underground garage scene, but around the world, they've, they've got a, a big following to the point where they were playing. They 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 played in New York City earlier this year and still still pulling mm. a crowd. So, um, yeah, not probably not at the levels of your in excesses playing at Wembley, but yeah, bands, Australian bands, yeah, getting to that level, you know. Yeah, so I, I know when I when I lived in uh, New York for a few years, the bands that people would would often ask me about were Midnight Oil. Um, not so much in excess, or maybe I had made it clear I didn't like them very much, and they didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in excess fans, <laughs> I don't like your stuff. Um, uh, yeah, who else? Midnight Oil. Well, ACDC, obviously. Um, yeah. They're sort of, um, uh, yeah, um, sort of, probably not, not so much moving pictures, probably. Um, <laughs> kids in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I had a what, what happened to me? I, I, I got into, yeah, sorry about it's, that. It was all around, it was all about a girl, right? That's you know, it happens. Oh, yeah, you're wearing those no funny excuse. trousers, going no off to kids in the kitchen gigs, really. <laughs> I, thought we'd, I thought we'd lost you. <laughs> well, I'm back eventually. Yeah, so okay, so that was uh, that was Oz Rock. Yeah, and this, and uh, I'll just talk about TV too, um, music related, Rock Arena. 
started on the ABC. Now, that was really, that was a big deal there for a long time. That had a lot of cred, speaking of Aussie music coming coming mm. to the fore. So Rock Arena was, um, I forget what night that was on, but it was, um, that was pretty good. It was pretty low-key, set in a studio. And, um, yeah, it was really, um, really, yeah. you know, after, had, after, what, all, well, after all that countdown business, it was kind of, a, it was a really change, good was, change of pace. Was MTV already a thing? Now, it wasn't on MTV. It was on Channel 9. But was that already a thing then in 82? I don't think so. I don't think so. Rock Arena was on the ABC. Hmm. So I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think so because that was a little bit later with your um, – Oh, that was your Dice stuff, which and, from and memory is 84? Yeah. yeah, something like that, yeah. But Aussie-wise, TV was going great guns. Sons and Daughters premiered, a country practice mm. premiered. Hill Street Blues was um, mm. debuted that year. But this, uh, Cop Shop, which I loved, was still running. Mm. Um, and here's one, the Simon Gallagher show. Remember him? No. Yes, no, uh, Simon Gallagher. He was a, he's actually from Queensland. Played the piano, had blonde hair. It was like a Liberace inspired kind of character had albums and tv shows and appeared on mike walsh show all that kind of thing um yeah if you haven't remembered that that's probably good so anyway let's (laughs) move (laughs) yeah don't don't remember that now tell me was uh if you saw you you will if you saw if you saw you have a few flashbacks but um let's let's leave that alone was was the young doctors a thing or they had that finished by then i think that may have finished but yeah, I really liked Young Doctors because um, that was early and Restless Years. They were around the same time. But um, yeah, and I, I didn't watch any. Oh, I didn't watch Country Practice. Didn't watch Sons and Daughters. No, I did watch Cop Shop. I watched um, Cop Shop. Um, Prisoner was another favourite, and that was yeah. 70. No, never, never got into Prisoner. Just too, oh gosh, well, they re, they they've um, they re they remade it recently, and um, you know. Brought, gave it gave it even a stronger backstory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll maybe check that out. No it's called Wentworth problems. now. It's not right. There. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. You should. It's it's good. Um, hmm. Want to talk about movies from that around? There. Yes, please. Uh, well, it's a big year for. Um, uh, probably the biggest movie would have been E. T. Hmm. Tootsie, Rocky Three. Uh, everyone's favourite, the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> I never saw that. <laughs> we saw that at the drive-in. Uh, at drive-in, that. we did. And um, an officer and a gentleman. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that. I, yeah. I, and I remember seeing Rocky Three at the drive-in. Yeah, um, I'm sure we saw best little whorehouse in Texas. doesn't um, ring any bells with me. Okay. At all. Uh, Aussie Aussie movies, Man from Snowy River. That's still yeah. people love that. Jeez, they love that. Oh, I think I think it's actually a pretty good movie. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good poem. And in, in case anyone yeah. internationally wants to wants to yeah. hear some real, but yeah, yeah, we can recite that. Australia, for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's one, um, and Monkey Grip, which was a kind of really. It wasn't a, a blockbuster, but it was a very influential movie and novel by Helen Garner, and it was um, one of the first real gritty counterculture subculture movies set in Carlton and Melbourne, and a lot of a lot of gritty sort of um, 
uh, gritty narratives going on there. And I actually studied it in um, uni because I'd already seen the movie. So I thought that, that'll give me a head start. But no, it didn't, <laughs> that didn't translate into, um, into assessment points. And the other one, Year of Living Dangerously, which was, a, which was actually a good movie and quite and another groundbreaking Australian movie. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd already started my I don't like Mel Gibson thing um, um, when that was happening. So, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Earlier in the year, and like we weren't obviously in Brisbane watching a lot of Saturday Night Live, but um, in April 17, Johnny Cash hosts Saturday Night Live yeah, in New York City. Um, really? With, with Elton John. Yeah. Wow. And, there's a, and, and now... The funny thing is, they actually um, dressed up as each other, which is a real. Class- <laughs> I know, what? I know. It sounds, yeah, yeah. So why, why, why? Yeah, why well, would- humor, that- comedy. You know, I've seen it, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird. And you go, I don't know who got the job of going up to Johnny Cash and look. If you don't mind, yeah. I've got this big pair of glasses and some sort of like pajama-like attire for you to pop into. But he did it. Um, yeah, so that was that was that was uh, quite odd, mm. and um, okay. also around that time, Topper Topper Heaton is sacked from the Clash, which pretty much mm. was the beginning, the beginning of the end for it the, certainly was the, the, great, the, the great Clash. Yeah, and, and didn't they, they 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 weren't prepared to just fall from grace with any sort of majesty? They really did oh, turn into yeah. utter rubbish, or uh, well, everything they hated. Basically, um, yeah, and, you know, um, we could not leave it alone, and yeah, which was which was sad, but um, you know, yeah, Popper had his had his addiction issues, but I think um, he wouldn't have been the first guy to to go through that. So um, yeah, it's a shame. It's so. a shame. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving along, I'll, I'll I'll throw this one to you. In Australia, there was some stuff happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things that were sort of big news throughout the year. The, um, the Azaria Chamberlain case was rumbling on in uh, in eighty two. I think the Lindy Chamberlain case, most people would know it as. Um, I think eighty one was when the original um, mm. uh, ruling was uh, was made, um, and then in eighty two, the prosecutors. Um, took up a case against uh, Lindy Chamberlain and she would be found uh, guilty. And then, uh, I mean, she, she, she'd barely got herself into the, uh, the orange jumpsuit when all of the, the legal shenanigans started again and um, spent the next three or four years, was it maybe 85, 86 when uh, the thing was, was overturned and, um, uh, the the guilty verdict was uh, was vacated. Um, uh, a terrible movie was made about it uh, with Meryl yeah. Streep. Um, yeah, that really did occupy the um, the the front page for a long time, didn't it? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that the thing that she was guilty of was having a uh, a non empathetic face. That was about it. <laughs> Probably, and and a uh, um, a religion that didn't you know that divided the the crowd. And, yeah. Um, shorts just, shorts and long socks were never going to work in your favour either. I don't think. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that that was the that was on the front page for a long time. Um, I, I briefly was having a look at uh, how much things cost at the time. Eighty cents for a loaf of bread. Yep, seems seems like a lot against a minimum wage of three dollars sixty one per hour. Which um, what does that convert to over a forty hour week? Not very much. I, well, I was working at Coles part time, casual at Coles. And I wouldn't have been getting that. Well, maybe as a casual, we're probably getting a bit higher. But yeah, that yeah, like we, I remember we would work four hours Saturday night, four hours Saturday morning because we closed at midday, do a bit of overtime. And if your pay packet, your little yellow envelope, cracked the twenty dollar mark, that was happy yeah. days. Yeah, we were hitting the town. Yeah. I was on two dollars thirty an hour for my first job mm. um, down at the um, the car wash down in Indrapilly. Two dollars thirty yeah. an hour. Five hours makes you what's that? Eleven dollars fifty. Yeah, yeah, a lot of money. Um, now I've got a. I want to throw in an update here because um, we mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, the Commonwealth Games in '82, and the the the, the featured star of the uh, 82 yeah. Commonwealth Games was obviously Matilda, the 13 meter tall kangaroo. Yeah, and I was thinking about, well, what what the hell happened to Matilda, and is that something that you just pull apart at the end, or shoot, or bury, or something? I don't know. Well, not with our love for big things. No, well, exactly. And I think I mentioned, did I mention last week the big pineapple? I know that our our big thing thing um is confusing to people outside of um, oh, and look there Australia. are books and there have been I, I know i know an academic who's done serious studies on it and i think he might have even published a book about it you know it's, right um, yeah it, it, it is it is a it is a funny fixation that we have with having big things and also um, big things uh, I, I guess if you're, you're going to do big things in any country, you do things that are unique. But like things like a big banana, a big prawn, a big mango, a big yeah. gumboot, yeah. big gumboot in Tully, a big yeah, you know, it's it yeah. just feels a bit culty or weird. It, it, well, it is a bit culty and weird. But this one was a big kangaroo, but it was mobile and it winked, um, yeah. and twenty kids fell out Ex- of its pouch. Special features. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So what happened to Matilda? Well, I'm here to tell you. Matilda, um, after the Commonwealth Games, found a new home at Cades County Water Park, which became, mm. we would know as Wet and Wild. Oh, I remember um, that now. Yeah. Yeah. And was there for 25 years. Now, I don't actually, I, I went to Wet and Wild a few times, but I don't remember seeing Matilda there. But there she was uh, down on the coast. And then um, in 2009 uh, was bought by Puma Energy to, and they were going to use it as a um, as a, a welcome kangaroo at at a petrol station in Tugan, but they didn't mm-hmm. get planning permission. They were they were denied uh, permission to use Matilda. Well, it was a foolhardy um, move, really. <laughs> yeah, they they hadn't. They hadn't done their legal research very well, their due diligence, mm. because you can only have 10-metre-tall advertising things. You can have 10-metre-tall winking kangaroos. <laughs> it's a, it's a little, little known. Out of them. <laughs> it's an important bylaw in the Tugan area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So the the shrewd people at Puma Energy moved, uh, well, moved, I don't think she ever made it to Tugan, but um, Matilda then found a home at a petrol station in, um, oh, oh, I've forgotten already, uh, up on the Sunshine Coast, up on the Bruce Highway. Um, hang on. That's Not where they had the Edamoga pub. No. I'm jumping the gun, sorry. You got me excited. Uh, Kaibon. Kaibon, that's where it is. Um, Where's just, that? Uh, just near Gympie. Yep. But, um, and, and when she went up there, that was on the Bruce Highway, but it's now been bypassed. So um, I don't think anyone gets to see Matilda anymore. I know there was talk of uh, moving Matilda to somewhere where she'd be seen more often, but that hasn't happened. And the good people at Puma Energy are thinking about leaving her right where she is. So that's the that's the Matilda update. It's the question that Thank nobody's you. been Thanks. asking, but everyone, yeah. everyone will be relieved to hear. I will that, be able uh, to sleep tonight. That's yeah, great. Matilda is um, is fit and well and healthy. Living near Gympie. Thing. Living near Gympie. Yeah, so that's... Um, that was my update. Any, anything else from 82 that's on your mind that you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, that's about it. The only thing I will finish on, because I think we need to show our respects to the BRL that year in the grand final, Souths mm. beat Wynnum 17-3. Right. Um, yeah. Tries to, um, uh, to South by... No, have I got the wrong way around? No, win... yeah, yeah. No, beaten by Wynnum because French Butler and Dawes scored for the Seagulls. Yeah, so 17-3 to Wynnum. French Butler and Dawes scoring for the Seagulls and Ash Lumby scoring the solitary try, unconverted try. Um, right, so th- this, is the, this, this is the the, the granny that um, Wynnum won before Lewis joins. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Before so they became was... um, powerhouse, probably one of the, probably the strongest rugby league club in Australia, but cost them dearly. <laughs> Jeez, that, that, that just speaking of cost, that costs us our few listeners south of the border. Mm. Yeah, see you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about Rex Mossop? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, well, not to worry. I'm sure that there'll be far more offensive things to come. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, I don't know, let's talk about 40, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So 1982, um, uh, match three, um, it is one all. We'd lost uh, game one uh, at, uh, at Lang Park. Was the first one at Lang Park? Pretty sure it was. Yeah, first one was at Lang Park. Second one, we won at Lang Park. And the third match is... Played at the SCG in front of... 20,242. Exactly. And refereed by... The referee. (laughs) His name was Don Wilson. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And And, uh, um, what what an angry little man he was. He was. He was angry. Um, Yeah. uh, Would you like to run through the... uh, Which side would you like to run through? I don't, I don't mind. Um, well, why don't I do New South Wales for a change? You, you've, okay. been, um, you've been very kindly 
wearing the black hat doing this. So game three, a um, few changes here and, and a couple of, <laughs> couple of funny ones. And um, I, I thank the New South Wales selectors for it. So at fullback, they decided um, that Phil Sigsworth would be the guy. Um, Good and choice. Yeah, shrewd, shrewd choice. Very, uh, very careful, safe player, particularly inside his own end goal. Um, so he comes in to fullback from Newtown. Philip Duke plays his only ever uh, origin game. And he was still, I know he played for Western Suburbs for a few years, uh, but he was still playing. In, Maury uh, Tigers, something like that. Yeah. Now, what, um, what's your thinking there? Do you think, I don't know. Surely, like with all due respects to, to Phil, like was he the a form winger or what, what was going on there? Uh, look, he, he played one uh, city country game. I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling this was this thing of um, uh, you have a couple of country selectors on the selection mm. panel and, and they all um, sort of vote together to get at least one of their uh, guys on. Now, New South Wales didn't do that very often. We certainly did. Um, yeah, Queensland yeah, yeah. selections over the years, we, we had a few that um, were were odd, um, but this one this one was an odd one. So um, uh, Phil Duke comes in, and, and John Rebo was good enough to give him a really nice welcome to the game. Oh, uh, look, that's yeah. Look, when we talk about the game, like that was just a running <laughs> that was just a running battle, wasn't it? It's was just weird. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, We'll talk about it later, but yeah, that was yeah that was that was one of the features of the game. Yeah, welcome to Origin. Um, in the centres, uh, Brad Izzard stayed in the team from game two, and he's in the centres with Mick Cronin. Um, on the other wing, Terry Fay, and he was a guy that I really had a lot of time for. I thought he, I, I probably have mentioned that before, but he was mm. a, he was a really good, hard, tough player, and really long career. I mean, you look yeah. back on when he was playing in the sort of. Uh, mid seventies and was a great player then. Um, five eight, Brett Kenny, about time. Um, yeah, and um, I, I know everyone from south of the border is very keen to tell us about all the times when Brett Kenny outplayed Wally Lewis when they both played in the five eight position. Well, I'd like to hear your comments after this game. Uh, halfback Steve Mortimer, who didn't enjoy the referee. And Lock, oh God, Ray Price still. Um, <laughs> second row of Les Boyd and Paul Merlot. Paul Merlot, I, I, I uh, might be wrong here, but I think this was his only ever um, a New South Wales game. Uh, and front yeah, row right. of Roy Saliff, Max Krilich, and Don McKinnon comes in um, from North's. Uh, played pretty well. Rex Rex didn't like him. I don't know what was going on there. Rex needed him to leap into the air within half a second of being tackled. Um, Rex, <clears throat> but that was them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, the reserves of Alan Thompson and Craig Young. Always thought having your forward replacement as being a front rower was always an odd uh, yeah. decision. But yeah. anyway. Was, well, it is odd, uh, and also five eight. So I mean, Thompson yeah. could probably play centres, maybe, but yeah, odd, 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 um, odd decision odd there. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so, so that was good that, that was New South Wales. Yeah, good guys. Uh, Mitch Brennan, uh, fullback. Scott was injured, I think. Was yeah, I, I, I put that. Uh, I put that on our running sheet for today. I, I, I don't remember if he was injured, but he must have been. Um, yeah. Yeah, he must have been. I, I just, I just couldn't find anywhere to to give us a, a sort of um, contemporaneous update of injuries. Sorry, that's right. On the wings, we had Brevo, who we mentioned had a running. You know, he, he had he'd, he'd been given his brief on uh, Phil Duke and carried that out. <laughs> uh, Bostead's back, which is great. Now, is this the first time Meninga and Miles started a game together? I think it might have been. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. I know Miles started maybe started one by himself and Meningad injuries. Anyway, so um, yeah, Miles Meningad both said Wally obviously at five eight, Mark Murray um, at halfback, uh, Norm Carr, the great Norm Carr at lock. It's good to see him getting a start. Uh, Paul mm. McCabe and Rowan Hancock in the second row. Paul Kahn, Dowling, Rod Morris front row. Curry and Vorton on the uh, bench. Now, I've got a couple of things I'd like to talk about here. 20% of that side was made up by um, amazing, mighty West Panthers, Curry, <laughs> Vorton and Carr. <laughs> Though Vorton was playing for Manly at this point, I think. Um, he was. Now, the other th- couple of interesting things. Now, Paul Carr, I was looking through the Brisbane League. And you actually Vaughan. left out John Rebo. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah true, because he was playing it. Nanley then or Newtown, um, yeah. But well, there, there you go. We've got up to up to twenty five percent. So basically, that's a west side. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was right. looking through. Um, you know, they had so many rep teams back then, like country teams and whatever. There's a yeah. team from nineteen seventy one that Paul Kahn was in. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. So he's been around a long time. Um, and I do yeah. remember as a kid, like, I don't remember from 1971, but I certainly remember from, from about 73 and 74. He's one of my favourite players. Mm. Um, probably because he was a free-running front rower and also had excellent sideburns. Um, he, he did. He did. Now, and- the other thing I saw just today was, once again, on the, the, the BLOBS um, Facebook page, and I think it was 1979 schoolboys team, Padua team, uh, featuring, you know, uh, on the, they were playing um, you know, the the support game to the the, the Amco Cup, whatever it was called then. And Paul McCabe was in that Padua side. So yeah, but these guys yeah. are floating around, you know. And you always wonder what it takes to go from being and, and Paul Vaughton was similar from those schoolboy teams to go hmm. from being you know, decent players then, but to actually making it making it to this level. But um, yeah, I just thought that was I just thought that was. Really interesting to um to see those guys yeah. floating around in um yeah in it, it, it 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 is fair point because you know you you see um a, a lot of uh, at at club level and junior club level a lot of guys that you think well they're guaranteed to make it they're, they're mm. just outstanding uh, footy players um and the the reality is that very very few of them. Will will go on and make it in the in the bigger sense of the word, um, and the the attrition um, amongst those guys of just um, injuries of having other things coming along in their lives, whatever, 
just you know they they just sort of drift away from the game and and as I say, vanishingly few of them actually uh, make it. And it's when you look back at their um, their origins, you know, watching the likes of Paul McCabe come through the uh, the schools ranks, and and the same with the likes of Wally Lewis. You know, it's funny to see them um, playing at those junior levels, um, but they all do at some point. They do, but and but you do notice with guys like Wally in particular, it's like they went from. They started playing A grade very young, yeah. um, and some, and some are just a bit more late, you know, late developers kind of thing. But even like Paul Khan, God, I haven't done my haven't done my maths on him, but how old he would have been in nineteen seventy one? But um, and for a front rower um, to have that uh, it, that that, was, that career that long that longevity. He was. I'm just looking now. He was born. <laughs> there you go. This is why I love Wikipedia so much. Uh, on the left-hand side of the page, he's born in 53, and on the right-hand side, he's born in 51. So sorry about that, Paul. Um, I'm going to guess he was born in 51. And, yeah, and he was 31 playing this game. Yeah, that makes sense. But Actually, he was born on the 23rd of June. He was... He'd be... Oh. It would have been thirty. Well, there you go. Reason, reason to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's the that's the teams. Um, did now uh, point of confusion here. Looking at the the resources available, um, w- one of the resources says that um, Queensland didn't use either of their subs, and that's patently untrue because Vorton comes on for for Hancock um, for Hancock. Around half time, I don't remember exactly, but it's around half time. Just did Curry get time. on the? Did Curry get on the field at oh, all? Geez, I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think he did. Oh, I don't think he did. No, it was yeah. Um, but Vorton certainly came on just before half time. Um, yeah, yeah, and had a great game um, as he always did. So, yeah, well, that was his thing. So let's let's talk through the game. Why don't we? Um... Why don't we hit the game now? Sure. Okay. It's look what what became clear. A couple of things became clear. I reckon like New South Wales were so they were really going going the niggle and the biff um, right from the first couple of minutes. Roy Sailor started throwing haymakers first at Mitch Brennan, um, which Rex thought was quite legal, which was you know a crazy haymaker. <laughs> the next tackle. He had an even more blatant go at Rowan Hancock, who resented it and threw a couple back. Uh, Queensland Queensland got the penalty. Now, it was around this, around this time that Rebo, there's a strategy, obviously, that they thought will put Duke, Phil Duke off his game. Um, uh, Rebo took Duke on early down the left-hand side from a scrum, made a good break, but put into touch. And it was kind of, on the first tackle, it was kind of a bit, mm. bit amateurish. Um, but the intentions were clear. But I think it felt to me like Queensland were carrying on from game two. Um, you know, Rebo Dowling, John Dowling running well, Lewis throwing those big switch passes, Paul Kahn running well, making breaks. Um, early on in the game, Paul Kahn put a little chip in <laughs> over the top. Yeah. He'd never played he'd never played football. Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure enough, they that. good wide footy, and they thought, I think they knew we'd throw it around. Um, they, were, they played a, a really good attacking style of footy. Um, 
New South Wales actually made the first real break of the game. Sigsworth making good stepping run, beating three. Got it back into ALF. He sent it inside uh, past Mortimer. And he put it down. We sort of set a pattern. New South Wales handling was was dreadful. Oh, um, wasn't it bad? It was Jeez. really bad. If he'd got that pass, look, the pass would have been close, but the, the great Norm Carr had him covered. He just would have been really fine. But good on, good on him for having a go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Queensland dropped the ball a lot in this game as they well. Did. If, if, did. if it weren't for New South Wales being even worse in terms of handling, it would have been a very poor day for Queensland. Oh, Rex was having a nearly had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little passage of play there. New South Wales are throwing it around nicely. I must say Mortimer was like his, his ball skills were great. And um, I do remember back in the day, Izzard was in form, in club form. Um, yeah, he was. He was in really good form. Um, and he, he, he made a really nice break. And to quote the great Rex Mossop, um, he said, he's a nicely balanced runner, very powerful, and a chunky little man. <laughs> Which reminded me of the... Um, this, the, that scene from Extras with David David Bowie was um, uh, um, a guest at a VIP thing, and, and the and the Ricky Gervais character was there, sort of as an extra, but sort of whirled his way into the VIP area. And David Bowie started singing that song about the sad little fat man. It was kind of, kind of reminiscent. Yeah, but, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so so it's like chunky little man, um, which was uh, really great commentary. Um, <laughs> Yeah, not nice so this, anyway, but Rex wasn't that nice. He wasn't that nice. Um, look, it's only the 10th minute. Queensland get a penalty from another New South Wales drop ball. And then um, they, um, from there, Dowling taps it, sends it to Lewis, who throws that wide ball to Murray, which we've become familiar with seeing to clear the ruck. Now, he makes a great break up the middle, dummying inside, um, stepping inside Price and Boyd, Hancock standing up inside. Um, Murray just slips it to him and he runs 20 metres to score right beside the post. And it's just a great try. Um, but it was a pattern that they'd, they'd been working with for at least two or three games because giving it to Lewis, basically playing as, as halfback and, and Murray sending off him. And so they were used to Murray... Um, uh, sending it inside to Hancock or to Cole Scott, which was the general general rule, but it just it just um, Price went for Hancock, um, fell for the dummy, and um, Murray Murray ran through, and Hancock kept going, and it was just just a, a brilliant Hancock fight. had a, had a bit of toe for a big guy, he did didn't have, he? He was a big guy, but he did have toe, yeah, and a good yeah. left hook. So, um, <laughs> yeah, although he he collected a couple in this game too. Oh, look, they were after, they were certainly after Lewis or after Hancock. And even Mick, look, to, look, I know we banged on about what a great guy Mick Hancock, uh, Mick um, Cronin is, but, geez, he, he... He swung a couple, didn't he? He swung a couple. And I, reckon, I reckon he deliberately headbutted Lewis later on in the game. Right. I reckon they were, I reckon they were rattled and went out there with a plan. Certainly Boyd, I mean, they, he went on. He went on, obviously, to greater, greater things. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they they had a plan and the niggle was on. And it looked like, to me, it looked like, and they also went after Rod Morris, but it looked like, unless I couldn't see it, and, and fair play to them if they were doing it, but it looked like if Queensland, particularly Morris and Hancock, probably not so much, if they were getting away with with some with some dodgy business, 
it wasn't as blatant as what New South Wales were doing. And I say fair play. No, I, I, I really didn't understand the the strategy that, you know, they're the one all in the series. They're playing at home. Um, and and they decide to put the biff on from the start. I did, right from the start. I, which I, is, I, didn't, I didn't really get that. Desperation, doesn't it? It's something you do when you really need to turn around the game. Well, it's what Radonikus used to do, you know. Yeah. And you go, as much as I didn't like it, it worked. And um, yeah, yeah, it, 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 looked, it, was, it looked like this, the the tactics of a side that didn't really know what they um, that felt like they they needed to do that. Can I can I just um, make one point about um, about the game that uh, Sydney Cricket Ground? I know it's hallowed turf and all that stuff. It's not a great. Um, place to watch uh, on the tally. It's not a great ground to, uh, to watch league from on the tally, particularly when the groundsman had obviously run out of white chalk or lime or whatever it was that they were using in the day. Why couldn't they mark the Lincoln sidelines? You cannot see where anyone yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if the player... Um, I, I have read comments from players before saying as much as they like the Sydney cricket ground, it is... Um, it, it's so open, you don't always know where you are on the field. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's sort of confusing to uh, to watch sometimes. Anyway, sorry, I butted. Anyway, look, so Queensland scored the tries three nil. Unfortunately, Cole Scott's unavailable to um, for, for goal picking <laughs> duties, um, so it's left to Mal to slot it over. So it's five nil. The very, very next set, Cronin gets penalised for a crazy as you know. Swinging arm on Hancock, so the, this, it continues. Uh, not a minute later, Dowling and Boyd are off to Sinbin after a scuffle. <clears throat> and look, as we said, look, New South Wales are clearly distracted and they're going the biff. Um, and and I don't think telling, I don't think giving Boyd license to to go the biff makes any sense either. The, the, no. the last thing he needs is encouragement. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's. Um, yeah, because that's his that's his um, that's his go to. Yeah. Um, a little bit later on, Ray Price makes it look to be fair makes a great break running right through Queensland, but he's pulled down by Lewis. Great tackle, and then in the play of the ball, he he, he rakes the ball back. Ray, of course, doesn't like it. So what you do then? You start another fight. Um, yeah, you behave like a three year old who's just had his favourite oh, toy taken off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from that from that set. Um, Lewis puts in another one of his his um, touch finders down the down the right hand side. So, you know, it, Lewis is starting to wind up and 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 knows um, putting them on the on the back foot as we saw in the next ten plus years. But um, yeah, he he really did kick well in this game. He he turned around the New South yeah. Wales pack so many times. Look, next not not you know, next next couple of sets, Queensland win a scrum on their quarter. Lewis kicks on the first tackle. Yep. Uh, Duke's tackled into into touch, um, and um, yes, yeah, so he continues his his, his unfortunate game. Um, but again, New South Wales go on the attack once again. Backline running the chunky little man is uh, you know, he's, he's, he gets through. Mortimer's getting involved, uh, threw a ball to Boyd, and then Kenny and looked like he was through, but a great tackle from Brennan. So you know, you always wonder. And this is the previous game too. New South Wales. Maybe if they hadn't been distracted so much going for the beef, they might have, you know, in playing footy, they might have been. Um, I, I think been... for sure. And if they'd yeah. hung onto the ball just a bit, 
a bit. They're not at all. Yeah, not at all. You know, not too long after that, Lewis cops a blatant head high from McKinnon, but no one even mentions it. Like he's Lewis has copped a pounding. Um, mm. But look, the Queensland go on some more good, flowing, expansive footy. Um, getting getting um, towards half time from a scrum, they send it to Revo once again. A crazy skinny blindside to take on Duke. Duke puts him over the sideline easily, but there's a bit of toing and froing. <laughs> Phil Duke throws the dodgiest right hook I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Queensland get a, get a penalty, um, but Meninga... Uh, and that that was that was the weakest punch I've ever seen. Oh, it wasn't life. really a punch. I don't know what it was, no. but anyway. I guess he thought, oh, geez, I'm playing Origin. Everyone's throwing some punches. I better, better look like I'm, I'm involved here. But, um, mm. yeah, this, it, but um, yeah, it didn't work out for him. Meninga misses the goal. Just before halftime, Hancock copped it. Um, what might have been from any number of swinging arms. Looks like a fractured cheek. Vorton's starting to warm up. And around about this time, Cronin, I reckon he deliberately headbutts, a really short little headbutt on Lewis. Um, in the play the ball. In the play the ball, yeah. I, I, you know, I've looked at it a few times, and as, as much as I'd like to say Mick Cronin, it was an accident, as Rex obviously thought it was. Um, it was. I don't think it was. Anyway, so yeah, just a couple of minutes before half time, New South New South Wales they managed to hold on to the ball for more than three tackles in a row. As I said, Mortimer has been looking dangerous. Makes a good break, then throws at Kenny Cronin onto Phil Duke, who's over in the corner for a uh, for a good try, even though he dropped it. But that's okay. He, um, well, hang on, he, he did drop it. Yeah, um, and also went uh, into touch as well. And his knee's clearly in touch as, yeah. as he's yeah. dropping the ball over the yeah. line. So apart from oh, that, yeah. it was a good try. But apart from that, um, yeah, apart from all that stuff. Um, and look, it's it's 5-3 at half time, which isn't really a fair indication, but Queensland um, were dropping the ball a bit too. But I, they were dropping it from just pushing it too far. And I reckon just pushing the pass and that's yeah, and that's one thing. New South Wales are just just um, a bit hopeless, I think. But um, butterfingers, butterfingers, yeah. yeah. So second half, Vorton, uh, Vorton's on. Um, so Vorton made some good runs straight away. Um, Vorton Meninga slipped a great pass to um, the great Norm Carr, uh, nearly got through. Um, still a lot of drop ball. Um, Half time from the dressing sheds, we got some. We got a great insight. Comment from Frank Stanton at halftime regarding the New South Wales play. If you keep this up, there'll be more Queensland players in the Australian side than New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Wasn't that? Imagine that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, let, let, let's just take a pause for a second and reflect on mm. the incredulity in the in the mm. voice that Queensland could possibly have more players in the Australian team than New South Wales. I mean, it's just what what a concept. The yes. fact that we'd we'd won the last couple of matches, and if we win this, it'll be two one. And you know, seems seems reasonable to say that we might get decent representation in the team. But no, no. <laughs> let's just yeah. be staggered that that might happen. Yeah, let's use that. It's like a fairy tale kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah, as if you know that, that that's the worst case scenario. Anyway, um, look, Queensland continue to play good footy, you know, good attacking footy. 
Um, early in the second half, surprise, surprise, Boyd's called out by the touch judge, reported for a cheap shot, and the replay shows it's not even really a shot. It's like a little slappy thing in the play the ball. Um, and 10 minutes or so into the second half, um, Lewis is, is, you know, he's doing his thing, playing some really good footy in attack and defence, and he pulls off a great ragdoll tackle on um, on Izzard. And I reckon that's him saying, okay, he's um, he's playing well. He's kind of their best player. This is what we're going to do to the best player. I'm going to treat mm-hmm. him like um, with disdain. And that's the kind of thing Lewis did, I think. He just picked out he, he's, he picked out moments and he picked out really like a line in the sand kind of stuff. Um, yeah. He, I think he did identify guys that um, he, he didn't want them to feel comfortable playing yeah. origin footy. And yeah. um, I, I thought Izzard was a threat in, oh. in this game. If, if he could just hang on to it, uh, mm. he would he would be a threat, but. He couldn't hang on to it. Um, and once again, this Revo Duke thing continues. So, um, is this when Revo gives him the big whooshka? Oh, he gave him a big whooshka, and I and I made a note here saying if he did this today, yeah. I don't want to be talking about. It. Now, he would he would he would he would be wiped out for six weeks, three months. Yeah, you know, it's like, really. But this whole tactic of I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep like, snotting this poor guy. But Rexy, Rexy at that point says um, it wasn't really a swinging arm. It was high, but it wasn't a swinging arm. And oh. then you see it, you see it from behind Rebo, and it was nothing but a swinging arm. Look, it wasn't. They weren't going to call anything until a head landed in the grandstand. You know, it was like really, <laughs> yeah. it was just really full on. I just yeah. want to, and just um, a little bit after that too. This is Lewis going. I'm going to, I'm going to fire my boys up. A great tackle on a flying Terry Faye. I think Lewis made a lot of these things look. Easy, but Terry Fay was a big, fast bloke, and and yeah. and Lewis, um, Lewis hammered him, um, and also and having said that, Lewis had been headbutted and you know he'd been put out, put down quite a few times. So, um, you know, it's just just really good stuff. Uh, now we're at around the fifty fifth minute now, hmm. and I think you know where we're going here. I, I do. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Lewis puts in. As we mentioned, all, all, all of our New South Wales listeners need to just yeah pay attention. Sit down. They're going to learn you something. <laughs> that's that's right. Get your coffee ready. You're going to like this. So Lewis is is he's got the he's got the ball on the string. And he puts in another great kick, and Rex says, "I don't think he meant it to go there." Uh, <laughs> it pulls up in the end goal in field. Phil Sigsworth picks it up and goes, I know what I'll do. I'm going to put my big left step on Paul McCabe. And Paul McCabe says, I don't think that's going to work for you. And um, wraps him up and Phil throws it to Phil Duke. And we know the rest. It just we, bobbles we, out. We do. Now, sorry, I, I have to butt in here. The, the, the story goes that Phil Duke wasn't expecting it. And and that is somehow a pass to to Phil Duke. What, so what was he, he think, standing there? What, what was he doing? Exactly. What did he think might happen when he was mm. standing next to the guy who fires a pass at him? But I don't know. Yeah, and it's but I do think too. I think I think it was just that's what happened in club footy. You, you 
you're the fullback. You got no, you got somebody, a forward coming at you. I'm going to step off my left, and that'll, and I'll get, I'll get out. And it was just a sign of the commitment, and and, and also the quality of the kick. But McCabe, as we know, was a great player, and he went, no, yeah. not that anywhere, mate. And then no, it was like, oh, the, shit, the, you're the, this. <laughs> Otherwise, I would look right. at the kick. <laughs> the kick chase from McCabe was was fabulous. And yes. when you see it from from behind, you know he is ten yards ahead of. Um, Wally Lewis, who's who's the next player to the uh, to the ball, and wraps him up, um, ball yeah. and all, and and head. Why Sigsworth decided this with, might with be the intent moment. of going? I'm going to catch catch you in goal, and you get enforced a dropout. Yeah, which is not like the end of the world. Why he forced a pass? I I do no. not know. Never know. He didn't want to look like a goose. I, I suspect that was what it was. Oh, I think so. And Rex says. <laughs> No, I might be banging on. I might be picking on Rex over here. Rex goes, oh, well, that's the luck of the draw. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Um, Good draw. Well, in, yeah. And then, look, so that brings the score to 10-3. Uh, 60th minute after after another, after more drop ball and intercepts, New South Wales get a penalty and Cronin takes a shot for goal. In a in a um, in an attempt that can only be described as Scott esque, he's hit a duck hook like I hit most Saturday mornings <laughs> with my seven iron. <laughs> I've never seen Mick Cronin hit something like this, and I don't know. I don't know what was going on, um, and whether it's all a part of him being rattled and headbutting and throwing buddy haymakers and doing stuff that Cronin doesn't usually do. Um, no, he's a, set, he's a pretty pretty reliable uh, kicker, but I mean, yeah, the whole toe poking was it, it left yourself open to the the odd shank. It, it did, but you didn't tend to see it. Even Mal, like sometimes you might kind of even hook one or slice one, but you didn't tend to do embarrassing stuff like that. I know we've seen <laughs> it. You do see it. I remember not just the um, Paul Scott one in that in that first game, but I, saw, I remember Bunny Pierce like. Almost having air swings, you know, sometimes. Yeah. But um, but anyway, look. The next set, Lewis, um, uh, is a bit of a scuffle. Aleph clearly, clearly stands, stomps Wally's hand while it's on the ground. Wally gets he up, did. throws the ball at at Royce. Uh, Roy, uh, Wally, of course, Wally's the one who gets five minutes in the sin bin. But so while Wally gets five in the sin bin, Aleph will eternally be just a cheap shot twat. And um, Rex says it was accidental again. You know, like Cronin kicks the goal. It's 10-5, so it's still not a lot in it. No. But once again, it's just cheap shots from 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 the beginning. And, look, we know that it's it's state of origin, but in Queensland are no saints. But, geez, it's kind of blatant, real schoolboy kind of stuff. It, it was petulant stuff. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just, just boring. Um, now, a great tackle on Price a few minutes later it reminds me of what a great player uh, Mark Murray was. He was just so good defensive defense and attack, and smart enough, I think, to let Wally do his thing, and also probably free him up, knowing he's got a good defender inside him, and somebody's going to give him the ball where he needs it. Um, and that's yeah. why the on Hancock showed that. But I just thought he does lots of things all all the way through. Even early in, takes on some does some of the heavy tackling early on big guys early in the game. So um, just thought I'd mention that. 
Um, yeah, well, we're going to come to him uh, shortly, but um, yeah, I, I completely agree. He he really knew where where he could contribute most to the team, and and the times when just um, handing it on to to Wally and uh, letting him do his stuff was was best for the team. They're yeah. a real a great team player. Yeah. Look, the play, the play um, ebbs and flows from that point. Um, now, picking up on what we spoke about before, Tony Curry does come on. Uh, in the 70th right. minute, Lewis, Lewis throws, I think it's a rare, I mean, it is a rare bad pass to Meninga. He can't, he can't pick it up. So New South Wales go on the attack and his inside ball to Cronin. But Murray, once again, he pulls off a great hit on Cronin. And he's, Cronin's not an easy guy to tackle. And he spills no. it. Um, and so once again, another drop ball. Now, one of the great origin moments, uh, Tony Curry comes on for another Panther legend, Norm Carr. You know, how good is that? Um, well, you can't have you can't have that many Panthers on the field, so. Well, that's Carr it. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You've got to give everyone a go, <laughs> you know. Mm. So it's the 73rd minute. New South Wales are attacking Queensland line. Boyd makes a run. Tackled, and he's tackled short. And then he does a fake play the ball mm. and Queensland in their enthusiasm plays if he's played the ball and they're called offside and um, uh, they're playing under the impression that fake play the balls are an actual attacking move, which is just really, I, I didn't even think that, I don't know if that's a rule, but that that just seems like, you know, another desperate move. Um, but you know, in the next couple of plays, it just it's just reminiscent now of the way Queensland just defend on their line. They really held them out then. It just looked like uh, New South Wales were entitled to go a push over. It's late in the game; everyone's tired. Um, uh, but they they hold out. Three minutes to go. Queensland Queensland back on the attack. Murray makes a great break. Lewis attempts a field goal. He's almost in front, so it's surprising really that the, that the King misses that. But um, he's been. He's copped a hiding all game, so we'll give, give him a break. Um, from there, New South Wales get a scrum penalty, so time's running out. Price takes a quick tap. Queensland are about two metres back, um, but the ref offs offside, but the ref lets us go. Rex is beside himself calling Queensland offside, but um, it's it all time runs out on New South Wales, and um, it's it's still only 10-5, so... There's a couple of minutes to go, so they could pull one out of the fire. Um, then less than a minute to go, Mortimer puts up a good bomb. The chunky, the chunky man comes through with more Merlot, and they both they both leap for it, but I think it's Merlot who knocks it on. And from the scrum, it's still it's still live. It's from the scrum, there's a bit of mucking around. Price puts up. They New South Wales win the scrum. Price puts up a desperate kick, and Kerry Bosted jumps. Takes it safely. Good guys win again, ten five. Yeah. So there's a lot of mucking around there at the end, but um, and one, once again that Queensland scramble in defence. So uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty impressive defensive performance. It that, was, that last, and as we said, both teams that ball handling wasn't great. Oh, it was terrible. This was a this was a low, a real low point in in terms of uh, handling for both teams. Um, just have a look at the um, the match stats. Um, New South Wales had so much more of the ball. I wish we had a percentage of um, uh, of ball time, 
But they, New South Wales won the scrums 12-7. They won the uh, penalties 15-11. And I know um, halfway through the first half, Queensland had the penalty count uh, seven, three or four in yeah, their favour. Yeah. So the, you know, in the last two-thirds of the match, uh, New South Wales just dominated uh, possession. Um, and just dropped it too many times. They just coughed up the ball. I read somewhere that they there were 26 sets of six that they didn't complete um, by either completing or kicking. They, they yeah. coughed it up 26 yeah. times. I mean, that is unbelievable. Now, I'm not uh, sure um, whether Rex commentated the next series, but I did, and I know, I know, we're clearly not the greatest Rex Mossop fans, but I, I just did think he did a disservice to the game, the way he called is negative to both sides and, and, and so on. But I, I did find out, like he's a great player, and you know, dual international, but yep. in 1959, Mossop played for New South Wales against Queensland at the Brisbane Exhibition Ground in a game that attracted 35,000 yeah. plus spectators. Which smashed Brisbane's previous record for for an interstate match by more than ten thousand. And uh, you know who won that game? Um, no. Um, Queensland seventeen fifteen. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. now it all it all it's all becomes clear. <laughs> well, look. Let, let's. Uh, I, I know that we irritate a few people by our continuous um, having a. A cheap shot at Rex Mossop, but Rex Mossop, um, if he if he could just tuck his ego away for a little bit while he's commentating, he would have been a much more effective communicator. But he just couldn't. He just couldn't get over him being the centre of attention. That uh, he used to drive me nuts with his. Um, constant need to you know, remember and that the footy show in his uh, controversy corner you know that yeah. that was yeah. I mean really you have to call it that I mean, yeah. oh god it was just it's just too difficult to listen to and i thought he was just rude i mean you know the the amount of times i'm i'm going to put my colors on here but it, it was just offensive the way he would talk about the queensland crowd uh, yeah. You know, he, he even says in this game, when the bullshit um, chant went up from uh, the New South Wales fans, he said, they're, they're using the Queensland chant now. I mean, he just can't leave it alone. But mm. what is it that he has to just be so, ugh, I don't even know what the word is. I, I, he's just a dislikable man. Yeah. Um, you see, he's added to the 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 repertoire of things that Queenslanders could use and be motivated by mm. um, to um, uh, in in um, our ongoing you know battle and it was just like great you know the commentators against us and also yeah. they but also they're just not there's no insight you know there was no real um, no. Uh, intelligence mm. there, no reading of the game, or there was nothing there that um, it just sounded like your drunk uncle was commentating. You know? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Um, anyway, let's let's move on from uh, 
from Rexy. The, yeah. Um, um, I'm sure people are tired of us having a shot at him. I'm just trying to check when he finished. It must have been about about now. Oh, I don't know. But we get um, we get a change of pace soon, anyway. But look, that was the end of that match. Queensland win the series two one. Yep. Um. Do we get the uh, the 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 lion's share of the uh, Australian team? No. Do we get the bulk of the players on the Kangaroo Tour in '82? No. I mean, why would we? Let's talk about Mark Murray, shall we? Yeah, let's 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 talk about something positive. Yeah. Um. So he's our uh, he's our featured player today. So is he um, playing for Norths at this point, or yes, yeah, uh, no, 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 no. Take back. He played for Valleys for one year in '82. That's uh, right. Yeah. With with Lewis for one year. So yeah, Mark Murray's another one of the 1959 gang. So born in first uh, of May '59, uh, along with all of those um, from that great Queensland team that was born in '59 and '60. Uh, so he's 64 now. So he's still a young fella. Yeah, he's he prime. Would, he would play six tests for Australia, play 17 times for Queensland, including 15 uh, origin games. He did go on the uh, Kangaroo Tour in 82, but um, he didn't play any of the five uh, tests um, because um, Peter Sterling, I'm pretty sure, played all of the uh, mm. test matches and Mortimer was on that tour as well. I read a thing that I'm going to, Climb back into my uh, Queensland chair here. Um, I read a thing online the other day about, uh, on a, I think it was on a Facebook page. People were talking about Kevin Hastings, um, about what a good uh, footy player he was for, for East. And he was, he was a mm. super player. Um, and some guy wrote in and made a comment that if it weren't for the um, uh, biasedness at uh, representative level, um, Hastings would have been on the uh, Kangaroo Tour of 82. And I thought, huh, I, I don't know how he would get ahead of uh, Sterling and Mortimer, but sure. What he, he actually thought that he should get ahead of Mark Murray as well. Yeah. The Mark- yeah. Well, he wouldn't even count. No. I, 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 did, they, did they miss the bit about... Um, Interstate games being about primarily um, for Australian selection. They were actually designed to be um, trial games. That's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, they didn't know that. Yeah. They missed that memo. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's the arrogance of it. It's just... <laughs> um, well... That's, yeah, they, they treat it... That's, that's just a sideshow, you know. Bugger me with a big stick. I just can't get over it. Anyway, Mark Murray went on the 82 tour. His uh, club footy, he played for Norths between 78 and 81. And he was uh, captain in 1980 when they won the uh, the BRL grand final, um, when they beat Souths 17-15 in, um, in one of those famous BRL uh, grand mm. finals. That was the one with the, the all-in brawl. That was literally an all-in brawl, 26 players. 
going at it in four or five little uh, little groups, um, and some notorious um, uh, hard men, the likes of Campbell Dews, um, Shane Bernarden, <laughs> Northwood, yeah. probably not not the right team for uh, for Souths to uh, to try that stuff with, but they did. Uh, and they won that uh, that grand final. Um, uh, Mark Murray as as captain. What would he been just turned twenty one at the time? Um, Graham Lowe was coach of that uh, North team. That I mean, what a great team! Um, which I'm pretty sure Mark Graham played in that team as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a New Zealand connection, wasn't it? The yeah, Mark Graham. Mark Graham, what a player! Yeah. Um, in front of thirty-two thousand at, at Lang Park, of which I was not one, I'm afraid to say. No, but, uh, but what a what a great game! He would uh, then go to Valleys uh, for one year in '82, and then Redcliffe um, at a time when Redcliffe was buying players left, right, and centre. Mm. Um, played for Redcliffe between '83 and '86, but um, retired midway through 86 with an eye injury, which uh, prevented him from playing uh, footy at all. Um, and uh, yeah, retired at the age of uh, 27. Um, after his, uh, his playing career finished, he coached uh, a lot of teams, coached Redcliffe. And that was, I couldn't get the exact date, but I'm pretty sure he finished in 86 and he was coaching Redcliffe in 87 or 88. So it was pretty okay. pretty quickly after he uh, yeah. finished. So still in his 20s. And well, his good, good footy brain. Yeah, yeah, real good footy mm. brain. Uh, went to Easts uh, in Sydney between 91 and 94. Came back to Brisbane uh, with Norths, uh, 97 to 2000. Um, Melbourne Storm between 2001, 2002. Um, and sandwiched in that was a pretty unfortunate time as uh, Queensland coach uh, in 99 and 2000. Where, so he was coached for six games, of which Queensland won one. Um, but he, he drew the series in 99. That was where there was a, a drawn game and a, and a win to each uh, side and then lost 3-0 in 2000 and unfortunately lost the job, um, which was probably unfair. But... That last game was a mother of all hidings. Um, yeah. yeah. New South Wales scored 50-something. Yeah, and that was when they started doing the sprinkler and all that stuff. And um, yeah. that yeah. would come back to bite them forever. Yeah, classy. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was uh, that, that was an, an unfortunate end to his uh, representative yeah. uh, involvement. Um he was a, a teacher, a qualified teacher before he played. Um, but I know after he finished his footy, he was possibly while he was still involved um, in coaching, he got into real estate and, uh, and that was his, his main post-footy uh, career. Um, not a lot of um, stuff uh, available on on internet about uh, about. Mark Murray um, seems to be a pretty private guy, but as a as a footy player, I, I was a huge fan of Mark Murray, and I was really sorry when uh, he finished his um, his career very early. Now I didn't know at the time that Alan Langer was just about to to step mm. into the the breach, but um, 
I was really sorry when he he finished. I thought his combination with Lewis was was tremendous. That Murray's lack of, I mean, he's a super player and um, was great running the the footy, particularly good uh, in broken field. You know, in that second yeah. half where it starts to break up a bit, finding um, those gaps in the in the middle of the ruck, he he really ran into those well. But as we said earlier, his ability to let the ball through to Lewis at the right time to do his stuff. You know, the way he played without an ego, I thought was a tremendous, of tremendous value to uh, Queensland. Um, and, and something that I think was overlooked about uh, Murray was, and, and Jeff, you may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. He, he always struck me as a guy that he almost gave you another forward. He would yeah. tackle front on, Big uh, yeah, early, like, like, early on too, early on that, like another that, forward. Yeah, that that's right. And he would always be, I mean, like a halfback, he's always going to be around the uh, the ruck somewhere. But he would put himself in the middle of that defensive line and um, was a, was a really strong contributor. Um, and that wasn't in, that wasn't today. You get that a little bit, a, a lot more. But back then, it was like that was not your job. Um, no. Um, no. And I can't remember anybody else who did it like that. Um, not at all. Not even like certainly not Sterling or Mortimer. I'm trying to think of where they needed. Well, I, I I can think of one guy. You know, Redonicus wouldn't. You wouldn't. Greg, Greg Oliphant. In, Greg Oliphant. Yeah. Yeah. Know, he he played yeah. the same sort of spare eight um, mm. sort of mm. role where uh, he was always available to to carry and liked uh, to carry and was fond of uh, front-on defending. So that, I always thought of them as a similar sort of a, a player yeah. and similarly uh, effective, really, really good uh, players. But Mark Murray was a was a super player and a really important um, uh, important member of that sort of burgeoning uh, Queensland team of the, the early 80s and, um, yeah, yeah fond, fondly thought of. Oh, look, and another thing I'd like to add too, like, well, like, well, no disrespect to Oliphant, um, because uh, he's a tough, he's a tough player. But Murray just sort of had a bit of elegance around him too. Like he's mm. running, he's and he's passing. He, then he'd pull off this big front-on tackle on a guy twice his size. So it was just one of those, just a, a complete, a complete player. A lot of class, as you say, no ego. And, and maybe that's why he continued to surprise um, with, with the things that he would do on the field. But, yeah, great player. Yes, super player. And we get to enjoy him for, uh, for a few games yet. <clears throat> Good. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's just about everything I had in my, in my list. Um, next game, so that's the end of 82. Um, we'll, uh, we'll obviously... Um, we don't need to wait a year. We'll wait exactly a week and we'll yeah. hit 83. Um, now, let's – should we should we break through the, the glass ceiling? Yeah, uh, I think we will. New South Wales fans, not much to look forward to here. Um, stay loose. Your time will come, but it's not just yet. Um, <laughs> and 83, yeah, one of, one of my favourite – uh, years, um, oh, for, many, for many reasons. Yeah, we're we're in our prime. <laughs> we had a prime. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was that week in nineteen eighty three. 
Yeah, eighty three. So we're turning nineteen in uh, in eighty three. Yeah. Um, prime. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll come to that next week. I'll be very interested to to hear my. Uh, I'll go through my album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, look. Uh, thank you hey, very well, thank much. You. Thank you, Stephen. Once again, thanks everyone for dropping in to um, Origin of the Series. Yeah, and um, and we'll do it all again next week. Good night. Uh, good night. That's fun.